Coming up, D-backs pull off a trade for Kyle Lewis of the Seattle Mariners. So what does it mean for the franchise? And looking at potential D-backs options in the bullpen on this free agent Friday, Locked on Dimebacks edition. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. I'm Miller Thomas, host of this wonderful podcast. Of course, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter before it implodes at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. It seems like Instagram is the only safe space right now. And also follow the YouTube channel Locked on Dimebacks on there as well. We just went over 200 subscribers. So now let's get to 300, 500, a million subscribers. So please hit that subscribe button on YouTube. And also, I just need to say thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. But we're going to be doing a little free agent Friday because why not? It's the offseason. D-backs are in desperate need of a bullpen. Arizona Sports came out with an, uh, another article, six D-backs bullpen options that they should consider in free agency. So we'll look at those options and discuss. But before we get there, the D-backs were in the news because... They pulled off a trade and a very unexpected trade because when you get a Jeff Passenbaum, I got his notifications on. So when you get a Jeff Passenbaum and you see breaking news trade, it's go time. It's time to click on that Twitter notification. And then when you see Arizona Diamondbacks in the headline, you're like, whoo, I'm getting the tingles. What's going to happen? What kind of move is it? Because if Jeff Passens the first one to report it, it feels like it could be a blockbuster type move. With the D-backs having so many outfielders, I'm like, okay, they're, they must have traded one of their outfielders for a reliever, a starter, a third baseman, something. That's what I expected when I saw Jeff Passen, breaking news, trade, D-backs, and then I saw Seattle Mariners. I was like, whoa, okay, who are we getting back? Are we getting back? I, I don't even know. Would it be like a, a Jesse Winker to play DH, even though he's a left-handed hitter? Um, I, I don't even know who I would have thought they got back. A Ty France would have been cool, right? But when I saw the D-backs were trading for another outfielder, I was like, wait, don't the D-backs, aren't they already loaded in the outfield? Isn't kind of, don't they kind of have a log jam right there? Don't they kind of have too many outfielders? They need to swap some of those out. Didn't we just DFA Stone Garrett because we felt like we had too many outfielders? Yeah, we did, but... When I saw the details of the trade, I was like, okay, that's not too bad because the D-backs traded away Cooper Hummel, catcher, outfielder, minor league player extraordinaire, Arizona Fall League legend for Kyle Lewis. And for y'all who don't know who Kyle Lewis is because it's not like I was super familiar with Kyle Lewis. It wasn't like he had a ton of games on the big league level, but to trade 
Cooper Hummel, a guy who I think is your prototypical quad A player, a guy who crushes minor league pitching, a guy who crushes the Arizona Fall League. You send him down to AAA, he's putting up, you know, Hall of Fame stats, but you bring him up to the major leagues and you're like, should this guy even be on a 40-man roster, right? So I think Cooper Hummel is your prototypical quad A player, someone that's too good for AAA, but not really good enough for Major League Baseball. So to get him off the roster, trade him away for a guy in Kyle Lewis who, yes, he's an outfielder, probably mostly going to play DH. We'll talk about that later, but Kyle Lewis, 2020 Rookie of the Year, and yes, it was the COVID shortened season, but... The fact that this guy's only two years removed from a rookie of the year, if you're talking about dart throws, that's as good of a dart throw you can have. This is a low risk, high, potentially high reward trade because Cooper Hummel, I, I'm out on Cooper Hummel. I just don't think he provides really anything for your team. Like it's nice that he has the versatility. I think he's got a little speed. I think he's kind of athletic, but I just don't think he can hit that well. I think he strikes out too much. He walks a decent amount, which is nice, but pretty high ground ball rate. Not very good when he puts the ball in play. Like I just don't think Cooper Hummel's like a legit major league player. So the fact that we were able to trade him away for a guy who has a lot of risk built in, but still has a lot of potential as well. Um, all in on this trade because for Kyle Lewis, this is someone that it hasn't really worked out for him the last couple of years since that rookie of the year. And it's mostly because of injuries because this guy was a high pedigree guy. This is someone that was the Mariners first round pick in 2016 and he rose up the prospect rankings. At one point, I believe Kyle Lewis was the best prospect in the Mariners organization pre-2017, because if you look at his pre-2017 ranking, he was as high as his number 29 on the top 100 list for MLB.com, was number 70 pre-2018. So this was a legit top 100 prospect. And then you see him elevate to the major league level and win rookie of the year. And you're like, okay, this guy has real potential and he could have a pretty good future with the Mariners. But the issue is with Kyle Lewis the last couple of years and really throughout his whole career dating back to the minor leagues, He's very injury prone and it's mostly, he seems like he has a bad knee because this is someone that tore his ACL in his right knee in his first professional season in the minor leagues. Then you fast forward to the 2022 campaign, or excuse me, the I believe it's the 2021 campaign actually, and he tore his meniscus in 2021, the same right knee, basically missed a whole year, didn't come, it wasn't even ready for the start of this past season because of that torn meniscus. He comes back this year, he struggles, and then he gets a concussion. That keeps him out another couple months. So you look at injuries with his knee, concussion the last couple years, and really people think his athleticism is basically gone, and people don't really think he can even play the outfield anymore. So even though Kyle Lewis came up through the minor league system as an outfielder and was supposed to be a pretty good defensive outfielder, I believe leave that's probably not where he's going to be anymore his injuries have kind of sapped his athleticism and I don't think you really want him running on that knee outside of running to first base to try and be out ground ball so for Kyle Lewis this is a chance to kind of reinvent yourself and turn into just a power hitting DH because the D-backs were looking for that last year that's why they brought in the Jordan Luplos of the world that's why they tried the Seth Beers of the world at DH because they wanted an extra bat with some pop and specifically this offseason they were going after a right-handed batter to add that pop to their lot because they got so many lefties with their outfield um, being stacked that way with Jake McCarthy's the Thomas's the Varshows the Carroll's got the Josh 
Rojas is like there's a lot of lefties in this D-backs lineup. So they want to get a little bit more right-handed pop. And I think Kyle Lewis can definitely provide that if he's able to stay healthy. So for a guy that showed a lot of injury risk and just been flat out injured the last couple of years, I think this is a good risk to take if you're the D-backs. Kyle Lewis during that 2020 season was able to show um pretty good power with the Seattle Mariners because he had 11 home runs in just 58 games at 801 OPS. Like again, it was the 2020 season, the COVID shortened season. So you can't put too much stock into it, but this is someone, if you look at his hard contact stats via baseball reference, basically a 90 mile an hour exit velocity this season and last season, his hard hit percentage could be a little bit better, but a ground ball rate around 45%. You would like that to get a little bit lower. It was 33% last season. Strikeout rate was pretty high this past year. His BABIP was pretty bad this past year. So I think this is a super buy low candidate. But if you look at his 2021 stats, his BABIP was 307. Like, I think you really have to believe in the talent that this player showed back during his 2020 rookie season and the fact that made him such a high prospect and a first round pick. So for Kyle Lewis, he's going to come in here and he's not going to have a lot of pressure on him. Like the D-backs are not expecting him to look like that 2020 rookie of the year Um now that he's being acquired, like the D-backs are like, look, the future is the Carrolls, the Varshows, the Thomases, the McCarthy's, the Cattells, the Rojas's. Like, we need him to be a productive platoon bat near the bottom of the lineup. Like, this is not someone that's going to be hitting probably in the top five or six of the lineup. Maybe the top five. This is someone that's going to be your six, seven, eight hitter and hopefully, hopefully can provide some pop at the bottom of your lineup. So for the D-backs, this is a team that has a lot of needs. Okay, let me take that back. Not a lot of needs because I think it's mostly bullpen related. You could, you know, maybe get a third baseman a shortstop for the time being, someone to just hold it over. But trading for a DH slash outfielder definitely wasn't one of the D-backs needs. Like they could have went out there and signed a DH this offseason. They also could just kept it internal with like a Jake McCarthy and Alec Thomas and just had them um, doing DH. So for the D-backs, was this a move that was necessary? Is this more of a luxury? Yes, but is it a proper roll of the dice on someone that is just two years removed from rookie of the year and is still just 27 years old? Yes, it is. So for Mike Hazen, I think this is a good move. Will it work out? Maybe, maybe not, but I think it's so low risk. I don't think really it matters whether Cal Lewis turns into a good player or not because you gave up Cooper Hummel for him. Now, if you want to bet on Cal Lewis turning back into the player that we saw during the 2020 season, you need to head to betonline.net because it's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into this podcast and let's look at some D-backs options for their bullpen that they could sign in free agency because I love doing this little crowdsourcing and looking at 
other people who cover the D-backs and are plugged in to see what their opinions on or what they should do this offseason. Because like I said yesterday, I do this podcast by myself. It becomes an echo chamber sometimes of my own opinion. So I like to see what other people are saying. And I also have a soft spot for Arizona sports. I used to work there as a PA. So I love supporting the articles and reading the articles. So let's go through this Arizona sports article by Jordan to see the options he had and see if we're in or out on the options Jordan had for the D-backs because Mike Hazen, has basically come out and said, we need to change our philosophy with how we attack pitchers in the offseason. Because if you've seen Mike Hazen's philosophy the last couple of years, it's been, okay, is that guy 40 years old? Check. Has he not been good in four years? Check. Can he throw under 90 miles an hour? Check. Check, check, check. Old, washed, and can't throw hard. Bring him into the D-backs. Those were the guys Mike Hazen was going after the last couple of years. But now he wants to change his philosophy. He says, hey, let's actually get a little bit younger. And let's actually go after some guys that could throw some gas, go some heat, and get some dudes in this back end of the bullpen that can throw over 90 miles an hour. Because this D-backs team, in terms of like average fastball velocity, um, not very good. Since 2018, the D-backs have four seasons with an average bullpen fastball under 93 miles per hour. The league average fastball is 93.4 miles per hour during that time. So D-backs have had a below average bullpen in terms of velocity of their fastball. And when you look at like team ERA, like that improved this past season. Like there were improvements from this D-backs bullpen from 2021 to 2022, but their improvements weren't good enough to get this team in the postseason. Like this bullpen was still one of the worst in the league, and they were still below average. And the D-backs this past season had a bullpen that was at least average. Listen, it's not a hot take to believe. This team would have firmly been in the wild card race and might have even taken the spot of the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't know if that, I don't know about that for sure, but this D-backs bullpen blew so many games this past season. How many games did we see where Merrill Kelly went seven innings, one earned run, and the bullpen would come in the eighth or ninth inning? Or you have Zach Davies. You'd be like, whoa, Zach Davies gave me eight innings of two-run ball, and what happened? Ian Kennedy and Mark Melanson blew it. So for this D-backs bullpen, it needs a total revamp. I'm not even sure Mike Hazen can do it in one offseason. But if he signs some of these free agents, it might help his case. And the f- the way Jordan breaks this list down, I really respect because he has three righties, three lefties, six options, which makes it very easy for me. So let's jump right into the list because the first player that is written down here is good old Craig Kimbrell, someone that I am very familiar with. And for Craig Kimbrell, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm out on this guy. I think this is more of a name value type play than actual production. And Craig Kimbrell, I think, would just be a harder throwing Mark Melanson, a harder throwing Mark the Shark. And I would just be totally out on Craig Kimbrell because on the surface, the numbers weren't too bad for for him this past season when he pitched for the Dodgers. 22 saves, a 3.75 ERA. Um, 60 innings pitch, still double-digit strikeouts per nine. Like you could look at some of the raw stats and convince yourself that he was that he's still a good reliever. 24 of 29 save opportunities, struck out almost 28% of the batters he faced, had a one of the best ground ball rates of his career, the best since 2015. So there are definitely numbers to show you that Craig Kimbrell is still an effective reliever, but I think Craig Kimbrell is definitely in the I don't think it's crazy to say he's in the regression part of his career, but 
My issue is, does Craig Kimbrell know he's in the regression part of his career? Because I don't know if he started to reinvent himself just yet because he's always been a guy that's relied on that hard fastball velocity. This is someone that if you just look at his fastball velocity throughout the years, like I have it pulled up here, when he broke into the league around 2010, 2011, he was averaging like in 2011, he averaged 96.9 miles per hour on his fastball. It was 97 and a half in 2012, and then 97.6 in 2013, 97.7 in 2014, 98 in 2015, 98 in 2016, 98.3 in 2017. And then all of a sudden, the fastball velocity has taken a big hit since 2017. And this past season, it averaged 95.8 miles per hour. And my big question is, as Craig Kimbrell started to reinvent himself, start to do the Zach Ranky, where you can't rely on that hard fastball anymore. I don't think Craig Kimbrell is there just yet. I think he's to the point where he's regressing, and maybe in a couple years he would have re reinvented himself. But I think if the D-backs bring him in, I think it would probably be on too much of an expensive contract like the one that Mark Melanson is currently on. And I think he would be more name than production, like I said. I, I just don't think this guy has... I think this guy would be more of a headache than anything for the D-backs. I think you would want him to come in, be that shutdown closer like he's been throughout the majority of his career. But I think if the D-backs brought him in, we would somehow get really bad luck. Like even though we had Brent Strom, I think a Craig Kimbrell would somehow just bring really bad luck. And we might get that 2019-2020 Craig Kimbrell that we saw with the Chicago Cubs. Maybe that 2018 World Series run Craig Kimbrell that we saw with the Boston Red Sox. I've just seen so many instances where Craig Kimbrell just underperformed. So maybe I'm a little jaded because you guys know I'm a closet Red Sox fan. So watching him during that 2018 World Series run, I was just like on the edge of my seat with nerves every time and anxiety because I never felt like he was going to shut the door for the Red Sox during that run. And I would feel the same way if we brought him in. Like I want a guy that I could feel confident in when I see him on the mound. Craig Kimbrell will give me the same anxiety I had when I saw Mark Melanson or Ian Kennedy go out there this past season. So for that reason... I'm out on Craig Kimbrell, even though he would be a nice name and it would be a cool name to see Craig Kimbrell in the D-backs uniform, more glitz than glam with Craig Kimbrell. Next up is a guy who I think would be pretty interesting to bring in. He is one of those guys that has some built-in risk because of injury, but the D-backs seem to be in on guys who have been good in the past, have high potential, but have a little built-in injury risk like we saw with this Kyle Lewis trade. And I'm talking about Trevor May because Trevor May was pretty good before 2022 because he had, uh, I believe, an injury that um, kept him out. Yeah, he had a triceps injury this past season that kept him out for three months. So that's very concerning for a guy in his mid-30s, 33 years old. And if you look at his numbers this past season, he was definitely affected by that injury because he had a 504 ear range, just 25 innings pitch a 1.44 whip. You don't like to see that, but Trevor May, double-digit strikeouts per nine throughout his entire career. The final 18 outings of this past season, he looked pretty good. 3-2-4 ERA during the final 18 outings, and if you look at Trevor May's numbers before 2022, he was consistently around a three-year array, and like a 12 plus strikeouts per nine guy like this guy Trevor May is a legit strikeout artist and he's been pretty good in his career in save situations as well so he's a guy they could trust in that back end of the bullpen to maybe I, I don't think you would make him the closer but he could definitely be a spot closer if you needed to 
Um, he's better in non-save situations, though, throughout the majority of his career. A 3.5 ERA in, in non-save situations. So you definitely take that. And he's a guy that you can hopefully trust in high-leverage moments. Maybe not from this past season, but if you look at if you look at throughout his career in high leverage moments, his career stats in those instances, 227 average allowed, a 659 OPS. So Trevor May has been a big high leverage moment pitcher before. And even though he's a little bit older, some injury risk built in, this is someone that I would definitely take a flyer on. I like someone that's coming off a down season, but was really good the previous seasons before that. Um, yes, a little injury risk, but I don't think he'll be that expensive. And he's been a proven guy throughout the majority of his career. And I don't think 33 years old is too old either. So I would be in on Trevor May coming to the D-backs. And then we got a few more guys that I want to discuss with you guys as potential D-backs options for their bullpen. But the D-backs are going to need someone that could protect the lead when they sign someone to be their closer. Like, you need a security system to protect your home. And if you've thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, you'll want to listen up because right now, Locked on Dimebacks listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love Simply Safe. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report a third year in a row. An emergency 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window and door. HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than $1 a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed System with the top rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime. Anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the podcast and let's run through a few more D-backs options. And this next guy is pretty interesting as well because he's just like a Trevor May. And really quick, I want to shout out, or not shout out, but I just want to talk about something real quick with Trevor May. Fastball velo, 96 miles an hour. So he's the perfect candidate for this new philosophy that the D-backs are talking about because they're going after guys that could throw gas and Trevor May is definitely one of those guys. Now, this next guy is also someone that has dealt with a little injury. He's got a little bit of an injury history as well. That's been kind of the theme of today's podcast. 
risky players with injury, but maybe high potential, high yielding reward. I think that's a fine bet to do when you're the D-backs because they still got, you know, one of those owners that don't want to go out there and spend real money. So as long as you got someone like that, you got to kind of live around the margins. You got to kind of take risks. And so I think these would be good calculated risks. And this next guy is Michael Fulmer, who is very interesting because another dude who's rookie of the year, and as a rookie, finished 10th in Cy Young voting, which is really interesting. Used to be a starter back with the Tigers. With with, Used to be a starter back with the Tigers. That's how he got into Major League Baseball and was a pretty good starter for the first few years of his career. And then all of a sudden for Michael Fulmer, um, he had a knee, he had a he had knee surgery and then got Tommy John. And so he was basically out of baseball for like a couple years there. Didn't pitch again until 2021. And he had to reinvent himself. Like that's what I really respect from like 2019 to 2020. Like this guy didn't pitch. And then in 2021, he comes back and he's like not a starter anymore. He's now a full-time reliever. And his first season as a full-time reliever with the Tigers, 2021, a 297 ERA, 14 saves over 69 uh, innings pitch in 2022 this past season, a 3.39 ERA, 63 innings pitch. He doesn't put up big strikeouts per nine numbers. He walks probably too many people, but he's someone that has definitely shown a lot of talent throughout his major league career. And he's another guy that can be a high leverage reliever, which is what the D-backs need. They need someone that could pitch in those big moments. And Michael Fulmer, Fulmer I believe is how you say his name, is one of those guys that has shown the ability to do that so far as a reliever, even though the sample size is really not that big. This past season, a 237 average and a 690 OPS allowed in high leverage moments. So he's already been able to show it a little bit, which is something that you really have to like. If you look at his pitches, he's a guy that throws a hard slider over 90 miles per hour on a slider and then throws a mid-90s fastball and sinker ball, which is something that you really have have to like to see so he does produce decent strikeout numbers but he doesn't exactly produce elite strikeout numbers which is the issue but still over 20 percent of the guys he strikes out which is uh, a still pretty good number overall the contact percentage allowed is only around 71 percent the last couple years which is a really nice number to see doesn't give up a lot of contact if you look at the hard contact this past season pretty modest as well so the numbers for michael fulmer are pretty good now the worst numbers they could see against him just over Overall, batting against 313 average and 874 OPS allowed this past season against Michael Former with a 375 Babbitt. So when guys made contact, good things were happening, but he wasn't giving up runs. And then, but that was only with the Twins this past season because with the Tigers before he was moved to the Twins, he had a 203 average against a 580 OPS against and a 264 BABIP. So hopefully it's the guy that we saw with the Tigers the past couple of years and now with the Twins because even though the ERA was still solid with the Twins, a lot of the peripheral numbers show he was really bad. But if you look at his numbers with the Tigers in 2022 and last year with the Tigers, this guy has shown that he could be a really good high leverage reliever. I also don't think he'd be that expensive. He's someone that could um, produce ground balls at a decent rate as well. I mean, it was only 37% this year, so maybe not that decent of a rate, but he's got at least a profile that you could expect to see ground balls with a slider-sinker combination. Maybe working Brent Strom, he could get above 40% with the ground ball rate. I just think he's the perfect guy to get in Brent Strom's hands that he can mold. Same with like maybe a potential Trevor May as well, because I want guys coming off, you know, 
This Michael Fulmer didn't look as good in the second half. Maybe he'll be cheaper. Used to be a starter. So I think he's a perfect kind of Brent Strom guy. Trevor May, if he can stay healthy, I think he's another perfect kind of Brent Strom guy. Both of these guys can throw some gas as well. So I'm definitely in on a Trevor May and a Michael Fulmer coming to the D-backs. But he's got the kind of name that I'm going to struggle to say if the D-backs signed him. And then... We got some lefty relievers that you could look at as well. So maybe we'll go through a little bit quicker on these because a couple of guys here, I can already tell you I'm going to be out on. But this first guy I'm actually in on, and it's Matt Moore, who is kind of interesting because he's like a Michael Fulmer. He broke into the majors as a starter and then kind of had to reinvent himself because there's a period of time there where Matt Moore just wasn't very good. Like in 2013, um, at 24 years old, he was ninth in Cy Young voting from... 2011 to 2014 this was like a low three era guy and he looked like he could be a really good starter for the tampa bay rays and then all of a sudden he just wasn't good for like a few years there and you're like what happened to matt moore i thought he was like a young promising starter going to be like one of the future best starters in major league baseball and it just didn't happen for him so matt moore is one of those guys that had to reinvent himself like that's what i'm hoping craig kimbrell can do over the next couple years reinvent himself as you know maybe not the closer anymore maybe he's an eighth inning guy but for Matt Moore he's someone that reinvented himself and doing so led to an uptick in his fastball his fastball is way his fastball is basically as good as it's been since he was a rookie in 2012 and I think moving to the bullpen full-time has been able to save his arm this past year he was tied for ninth in ERA because he was damn good, a 1.95 ERA with the Rangers, double-digit strikeouts per nine. Like, Matt Moore put up some nasty numbers for the Rangers this past season, so I'm definitely in on him as a lefty, because the D-backs actually have a couple good lefties with Joe Mantiply and Kyle Nelson. They need more quality right-handed relievers, I think, in that bullpen than anything. But for Matt Moore, this past season, in save situations, a .93 ERA in 19 innings pitch. So maybe he's the closer that the D-backs are looking for that is not even really considered a closer I think he would be pretty interesting to go after you look at um some of his other numbers like runners in scoring position those numbers could be a little bit better so maybe that would give you pause for the closer position because it's a 250 average a 757 OPS but maybe he's so good as a closer he never allows people to get you know, maybe doesn't even put runners on like a Mark Melanson likes to do when he comes in to save a game. Because in high leverage moments, Matt Moore only allowed a 115 average and a 325 OPS. So the guy is back to averaging mid 90s on the fastball. He looks like a totally different pitcher as a reliever. And he's coming off a fantastic season. Maybe because of that, he's like slightly more expensive than like a Michael Fulmer or a Trevor May. But if we could get May, Fulmer, or Matt Moore, I think that would be really good. I'm out on Craig Kimbrell. And then this next guy, I'm out on Joely Rodriguez. I think he's one of those guys. He's a journeyman, and I think he's a journeyman for a reason because I just don't think he's that quality of a dude. He's someone that could be serviceable, be in the low fours, won't kill you in terms of ERA, double-digit strikeouts per nine, but gives up a ton of hits, walks a ton of guys. I just think he's like that Caleb Smith model. And the D-backs already had Caleb Smith the last couple of years, and I was not a fan. I don't want to go through. I don't want to go down that road once again. So I would be out on Joely Rodriguez coming to the D-backs. And then the last guy here is Adam Adam Kolarek, I believe is how you say his name. Um, hails mostly from Oakland. That's where he spent a lot of his time the last couple of years. He's another guy, low four ERA. And the issue with him is 
He's not someone that strikes out a ton of people. He's mostly a ground ball pitcher, pitches the contact, gives up a ton of hits in 2021, just nine innings pitch, but a terror over two whip, over 15 innings hits per nine in 2022 this past season and 17 innings pitch, 1.585 whip. Um, 10.2 hits per nine, um, almost as many walks per nine as strikeouts per nine. Like, I'm just out on Adam Kolarik as well. So the last two guys of the lefties that Jordan mentions of Arizona sports, I'm out on. But the middle of this article, I really love. If the D-backs could bring in a Trevor May injury history, a little bit older, but really good the past few years if you take out his 2022 season. I think him with the Michael Fulmer, I think if you get those guys with Brent Strom, um, I think those guys are cooking with gas. Fulmer has already shown he's had a lot of talent, even as a starter. Now he's in as a reliever. And yes, it wasn't great in Minnesota, but a lot of encouraging signs when he was with Detroit. And then Matt Moore, I'm hoping it's real and not a fluke because he was so bad the past few seasons outside 2022 when he tried to be a starter. But maybe he would just always destined to be a reliever and maybe it's better you know, it's a maybe it's not a little too late for him. Maybe he could still have a really good career and be one of the better relievers over the next few years in Major League Baseball and just have this whole reinvention as a former top prospect pitcher, starting pitcher, that is. So for Matt Moore, I would also be interested bringing him in as a potential D-backs bullpen option. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back next week. More Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Go back and catch up on any pods you might have missed. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners. Go make your second listen of the day, the Locked on Sports Today podcast. You can listen to it on this podcast. You go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with insights from our local experts. So check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. And of course, on YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.